0: Welcome to today's edition of Invest Africa Insights, the leading business intelligence service brought to you by Invest Africa. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's webinar with um, His Excellency Paul Kagame. I'd like to hand over now to uh, Paul Hinks, the chairman of Invest Africa US. His day job is CEO and co-founder of Symbian Power, and more recently, an off-grid mini
1: hydro platform that uses new US technology called MyHydro. Paul, over to you. Yeah, that we're actually um, piloting at the moment in Rwanda. Uh, it's, I, th- I find it quite strange introducing President Kagame uh, in Rwanda um, from New York City, where I am now, where we have over half a million cases of uh, 587,000, I checked this morning, of uh, COVID-19, and we have 24,000 deaths. In New York alone, this is in America, in New York alone, we have 11,000 deaths. So then in, uh, in Rwanda, they have 127 cases and no deaths. That's, again, checking this morning. So perhaps President Kangabi can tell us what we're doing wrong here. Um, but things are things are very very strange at the moment in New York and I know they are around the world now going on to our um, webinar today first of all it's probably the biggest webinar we've ever done we have over 400 people registered we have 20 media houses online and it really is. Uh, for, for us, it's, it's probably uh, our number one webinar to date, uh, that we, we've ramped these things up since COVID-19, put us all in, uh, in our houses. Okay, now in Rwanda, let's get on to Rwanda. I'm fortunate in that I've been an investor in Rwanda. I first went there in 2015. Uh, I'm, my company, as uh, Alex stated, is in the energy space. And I've had the good fortune to deal, well, to to enter Rwanda, deal with the Rwanda uh, Development Board under Claire Akamansi, the CEO, and just to see how how they hold your hand going into the country and help you. At every stage of our investments in Rwanda, we've had nothing but support. It's been an absolute pleasure dealing with mostly young professionals, tertiary educated young professionals in Rwanda who are more than happy to help us. It is a pleasure dealing in a country in the world, let alone Africa, where I really have not experienced any form of corruption. Really, uh, you don't even see traffic policemen stopping you in the streets asking for money which is what you see in most of uh, of the african countries so it's a special place in terms of being a new investor now the infrastructure in rwanda there are great roads there are new buildings there's great connectivity and it's on course for universal access to electricity which is again something pretty much unheard of in most of Africa. And I'm sure President Kagame will be talking about that. Uh, just to mention President Kagame, I've got to know him since uh, starting in Rwanda. And he has personally helped whenever we have need needed support uh, to make those investments work. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic. I've seen a President that works extremely hard I, I've never known a, of a head of state who works so hard traveling around the world attending conferences talking about the Rwandan experience and why Rwanda is the place to invest and it really is uh, it really is fa- fabulous to see now I don't want to finish and hand over to Rob without also mentioning. The very first thing I ever did when I got to Rwanda, and Rwanda Development Board, first thing they told me to do was to go and see the gorillas, and I did that. Anybody who goes to see the gorillas in Rwanda will tell you that they immediately uh, want to invest there. So it, it, it's it's a really beautiful place. Singita, probably the highest, most prestigious uh, hotel. Lodge chain in Africa have recently opened, last year, have opened a, um, a new lodge in, uh, in Rwanda. In fact, two, two new facilities in Rwanda and many more are doing the same. It's becoming a go-to tourist uh, destination for all of us. So with that, I'm going to hand over to Rob and to President Kagame. I want to thank myself, President Kagame, for agreeing to do this, and uh, I'll hand over to the expert, Rob Hurston. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Paul Hinks, who's been a terrific yeah. friend. And then, Mr.
2: President, you, it's so generous of you to give up your time to do this. You are an extraordinary man, and I just want to thank you in one separate way. <clears throat> About six years ago, I was in a Kigali with my dear friend, Gahiga. Who is the godfather of my third son? He's a lot taller than my third son. In fact, he's a lot taller than most of my friends. And I is mm. a terrific friend. I know he's listening. And you've been speaking on a panel. There were about five hundred people in the audience. And as you finished the panel, you walked down and you walked straight up to me and shook my hand. And mm. that brought me not only fame and fortune, but I <laughs> wanted Thank you. Ever since people take me seriously now, it's extraordinary. Even my wife.
1: Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> welcome,
2: welcome, welcome. Thank you, Invest Africa, the team for for making this happen. Paul Hinks mentioned COVID nineteen and extraordinary numbers from Rwanda. One thing we know about Rwanda: the numbers are accurate. How have you done this?
0: Well, Rob. Uh, first of all, thank you, Paul, for your kind introduction and Rob to the question. We are just trying to do our best like anybody else is trying you know it has affected every country every society in this world and I don't think there is anybody who can claim to be doing everything right I think everybody's trying it's a question of uh, having some people doing more wrong than others but uh, uh, there is no one who can claim they are doing everything right. This is a new situation we have had to deal with. But uh, like anything else uh, in Rwanda, we we give it a try. We, we do our best, especially when it is life-threatening, when it uh, threatens our population, our people. Then we mobilize and do whatever... Is possible and within our means uh, to deal with the problem. So, like anybody else, we, when this uh, pandemic uh, uh, happened, the COVID-19, we quickly got tried to know what is known about it, and also uh, look around the world, what the rest of the people are doing. And uh, then we tried what we could in our own situation. We have uh, a lockdown. We have uh, asked people to stay home, no work, nothing. And then um, isolated those cases that were identified from the early start. Uh, We are now, you know, moved into tracing people who have uh, come into contact with those who have been affected. And we are doing it almost by the rule book that has been set by those that have come before us and who are showing that doing certain things, certain ways, and learning from the scientists what they are telling us and the, the medical professionals. So this is how we have done it. We 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 really followed uh, the best uh, practices that we have come to learn about. And the good thing, our population uh, is also you know has trust for government, and uh, they respond uh, to advice as quick as as they can, and enforce whatever measures and are in agreement with the enforcement of the measures that. Uh, Uh, are introduced, so this is how, and we have, as you said, 127 cases so far. We are seeing the recovery rate also very high, we are seeing people now have uh, 42 cases that have uh, turned uh, negative and gone back to society, uh, and so on and so forth. But we are not taking any chances, we are just doing whatever we can to make sure that we rein in this pandemic.
2: You know, I think you said the most important word of all, which is trust, you know. The beauty of your country is you've delivered for them over and over again in the most extraordinary way and they trust you. So if you agree with your team, this is a direction they believe in, it, which is fabulous. The thing about Rwanda is it's not blessed with every natural resource like South Africa, for example. You know, you've had to develop human capital. and uh, I often say on live television that Switzerland is the Rwanda of Europe um, and which I fundamentally believe. You have human capital. Investing in Rwanda has been, I mean, I know you would love more and you deserve a lot more, but going forward, surely you are best positioned in Africa for foreign investment. You've got the human capital. uh, You're a digitized economy. Tell us a little bit about positioning your economy for the future.
1: Yes.
0: We, we, we really positioned our economy uh, and have uh, prepared our people uh, based on the understanding of who we are, our limitations, but also our potential. And uh, it is, all starts with uh, the human capital. It's, it's really the people uh, that we focus on. This is uh, what is common to every country. Uh, is that capital that everybody has, and depending on how you harness it uh, and how you invest in it and develop it, then the rest keeps getting easier uh, going forward. So for us, therefore, it's the people, it's the governance, it's the institutions we create, it's how the leaders, the people work with one another and, and, and really being realistic about our own situation. We don't expect, we can't aim to do what is beyond our means or really allow to perform less than we are capable. So we, 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 we keep uh, being realistic between these ends. And um, we, we have seen uh, progress made based on that. Investment in people, in technology, in uh, governance systems that allow things to happen the way you expect them to happen, even within such limitations. Uh, So that's what we have concentrated on and we have seen uh, us keep going forward.
2: The the interesting thing in, in South Africa, where I'm based, is that there seems to be real unity in the country right now. In fighting this pandemic and surviving the economic uh, crash that will result from it and from what's going on in the world. Have, have, obviously, you have that already, that unity in Rwanda, but have you found that other African nations who might have been disagreeing with each other or fighting, with, even fighting with each other, are coming together? Is that happening as, a, as, European, as African unity?
0: Well, there will always be these differences that uh, keep coming up for different reasons. Some of it uh, you, 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 you is to be expected, uh, uh, and you know because we all come from different backgrounds, whether it is individuals in a country or between countries, uh, and and people will have different views because they come from different backgrounds or affected differently by even the common problem we have. Uh, But this pandemic has, uh, in in, in a way, equalized the things. Uh, uh, And everybody seems to be focused on that because it has affected everyone, irrespective of gender, age, or... Uh, race or, you know, whatever background you are talking about, you talk about. So it has, in a sense, narrowed some of the differences, uh, and everyone is looking at what can enable us to overcome COVID-19 and, and go beyond and, and reestablish normalcy. Uh, in our uh, different geographical spaces.
2: You know, Rwanda's very centrally positioned in East Africa. You have, you know, big economies like growing Ethiopia, Kenya, Uganda, and then you have the, the you know, the always somewhat troubled DRC on, on one side. Do you, do you think that Rwanda can be a leader in further integration, particularly of that East Africa area and then maybe more of Africa?
0: Rwanda wants integration, probably wants integration uh, more than anyone else, uh, for obvious reasons, which actually, part of that you have stated. Uh, Rwanda landlocked in the middle of uh, the continent, neighbors with bigger economies, with all kinds of resources that Rwanda may not have. So we, we, as I said, earlier, we tried to, we we always try to do the best of what we can within our means, what we have. We have uh, people, we have, uh, well, different things uh, that uh, we can offer to the rest of the world, uh, based on uh, well, the beauty of the country. The, actually, the natural resources, though limited, uh, to, to a greater extent than we see with others. But uh, we also believe integration is good for everyone. Much as I said that um, we probably need it uh, more than others, I think others need it too. Uh, Because everyone is better off with integration uh, than they were before. And we have found that even for those countries that believe that they are big countries uh, standing alone, they actually become very small and especially when they compare themselves individually with other places where countries have come together uh, the, 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 that sense of uh, uh, how big you are and having comes to diminish and, and the, Provides lessons that uh, alone you you are really limited in many ways. So, uh, and and for us, what we seek to achieve is progress for ourselves, while others make progress as well. Because if we are all making progress, then we are all really uh, gaining. Nobody is losing, we all gain. Uh, But we, we never try to do anything because want to provide example or uh, teach anyone anything, we, 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 but if you are doing something good and you succeed, it inevitably will always turn into some example for others to see and maybe they can do better uh, for themselves, but even better than you. So. There is always this exchange, learning from each other, learning from our own uh, problems and our strengths. Uh, and, and I think for us in Rwanda, is is a sort of mentality, it's something we believe in that uh, if we are doing well and can do well with others, we even do better. Uh, therefore, uh, but we start from home. This is where we, we we try and say, how can we improve our own situation in Rwanda? As well as we improve our situation generally in the region and with others.
2: You know, before the coronavirus, um, Rwanda was competing with many other countries in Africa and the world for investment, and and yet many companies chose to invest in, in Rwanda. We now have a, a, a health crisis and an economic crisis, and. Rwanda is clearly going to be in a very strong position today going forward in terms of jurisdictional competition, so to speak, versus other countries for foreign direct investment. Even more so now, because you're standing healthily and strong compared to many others. Is is there an industry sector or an, an area of business that a new area that you think is of particular interest in Rwanda for foreign investors that maybe wasn't as obvious before coronavirus?
0: Well, first, we are now focused on saying, because the economies, our own economy and many economies across the world, have almost uh, uh, shut down. So what we are all concentrated on and what we are also focused on in Rwanda is to try and revitalize our economy, taking it back to normal and then move ahead and grow and expand uh, whatever we are doing. But as I said, there are lessons to learn and for us in Rwanda, we don't... uh, Waste the opportunity to learn from whatever problems uh, confronting us. And uh, from this one, we will we probably, uh, meaning our systems have been tested, yeah. our health systems have been tested, our capacity to rally the resources and everyone uh, to confront this, in, in including what we talked about lockdowns and you no. Know, for example, lessons learned is that uh, people have been doing uh, almost equal amount of work, if not more, uh, from home than from office. I, I think we have discovered that. Maybe we, we knew that, but we were not sure it was going to be this case where we, we prove it literally. So that also shifts. Uh, and and, and adds importance to what we were already thinking was very important uh, to technology. Technology has been tested as well. How do you work from home or how do you provide uh, lessons to children who are no longer in school or different things, different services? How do you provide that without use of technology? So it has shown us the limits we maybe we have in, in different spaces, whether it is technology uh, and other things. So th- th- these become areas of uh, investments. We, we have to invest in as a government, but we also, in doing that, we are working with the private uh, sector uh, to do their part, or uh, technology companies and different things. So. There are these sectors, already we were having services sector doing very well. Uh, Different kinds, financial and tourism, you know, hospitality. And um, so we want to keep growing that. And we have seen some of the uh, things that uh, we are lacking, we are going to increase uh, that in doing business, efficiency, uh, security, and all that. We we will probably double up on that because we are coming now again from an economy that has shut down and trying to speed up uh, to normal again. uh, So it will require uh, double effort on our part. So it's, it's, it's really... It's it's a very sort of depressing situation where things almost shut down all of a sudden. You didn't expect it. You didn't plan for it. But on the other hand, it consumes good lessons or a lot of lessons. And it is challenging. It's a new situation you have to deal with to go back to normal. And uh, I think it's going to be exciting, in a sense, uh, to be busy uh, trying to fill the gaps that have been created. It's so true. I've, I've actually never been busier in my life or mm. all, all more
2: productive. Um, we're right. going to go to a few questions that are being sent in to me. And right. before the first question, which is from Mark Simmons on Africa generally and debt relief, I wanted to quickly ask my own question, which is um, African aviation airlines. You know, Ethiopian Airlines has been an incredible international success for many reasons, but mainly because it was left alone, given good yeah. management, to run the way an airline should run. Whereas South African Airways is an employment agency, and you Kenyan know, uh, Airways is like a tourist agency. But Rwandair has been surprisingly successful with smaller routes, with most airlines now bankrupt and hopefully stay that way. Will this be an opportunity for, for entrepreneurs like me to start an airline or Airlink, which is doing very well in southern Africa, or Rwandair to provide a proper service for Africa?
0: Yes, Rwandair has been a small airline. We started it not so long ago, it's been growing. And uh, most of these things, Rob. Uh, depend on many factors Uh, one of course as you said one can look at what has happened with Ethiopian Airlines which has uh, uh, succeeded in many ways and has really grown and uh, doing well uh, so in our case as well we, we can apply certain principles as we see it first of all it's an investment but it's a very sensitive investment the airline is, but it will require, like many other things, uh, approach that uh, respects certain, you know, governance aspects, uh, and uh, we, we we have to take a step, having measured how far we are going, how better we are going to do and keep growing. So, but of course, uh, most of uh, the businesses have been hit as, as anywhere in, in the world. Um, we, we we are going to need to look at how we inject in new resources uh, to revitalize uh, its activities and maintain its growth it was already uh, making. Um, so Rwanda is one area we are going to try and, like all other businesses that are going to be bailed out, I think they will need some injection in, you know, to try and uh, enable it to continue. And, and despite the losses they have made over this period, which we don't know how long it is going to be, uh, nobody yet sees the end to that for sure and says, well, by this date, coronavirus will be gone and we will be back to business as usual. I, I don't think we are there yet. So, but we have to start planning now and thinking, what are we going to do? Or what are we doing now? Thinking about what we should be doing months ahead for any of these sectors, including uh, uh, the airline.
2: So I lost a lot of money in the commercial airline business. So I'm allowed to ask that question, but the private aviation sector VistaJet has been a big success. Um, Moving to Mark Simmons's question, he's the chairman of Invest Africa advisory board and the former minister, UK minister for Africa. and He asks about African debt, and he says, are you concerned that the proposals being discussed to facilitate debt holidays for sub-Saharan African countries will have a negative impact on the future willingness to lend and also the pricing of African debt. Do you think this could be bad
1: news for yeah, the rest of that Africa?
0: I, yeah, I think um, it, 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 it helps to have debt relief or, or debt stand still uh, at least for some time to allow the monies that we are going to be Paid for interest uh, to be invested in the countries where that is needed uh, to really fill these gaps that are created by this coronavirus. I mean, it's not just Africa. Africa is dealing with debt of this kind and seeking to, uh, you know, be provided with this fiscal space. Where we can be able to uh, go back to normal, but even now, let's look at uh, developed countries, uh, some of whom are owed this debt. For them, they have the ability and the capacity to throw whatever amount of money they wish, you know, to to bail their economies. and and provide the stimulus for the economies to, to go back to operate as well as they do. Now, Africa doesn't have that capacity yet. So it's not like we should be looking at this African problem, that problem, in isolation. It's being treated that way because that's the background of the African economies and where we are coming from. But compare it with the developed countries that, of course, have been hit. The economies have been hit. And they have been uh, providing, looking for money to actually, you know, deal with that. So still, it does not... um, People need to think about how to approach this particular problem so that exactly we eliminate that future uh, problem that might result from that. Uh, But we need, but that is necessary for for debt standstill, to enable Africa to find resources to do what needs to be done because there are no other sources of such funds to to deal with the problem. Um, Yeah, but, and and by the way, it it doesn't, uh, Affect everyone equally. Of course, there are some people who like we are talking about the airline businesses. Some doing well, others doing badly. I'm sure even if you gave us all the money we wanted in each country in Africa to say, "Okay, solve your problem," we are not all going to come out where well. there are some who will do well or better than others uh, because of uh, you know different. Um, Reasons how how the, they do their business, how they are governed, how the whether really this money goes to where it should go, and solve of the problem whether it is to build the uh, public health infrastructure and systems so that uh, next time they are more resilient to deal with the future pandemics like this and so on. So it, it's it's a uh, it's, it, you can see a problem in that one, but there is a, another problem we need to resolve, and that is really dealing with this debt issue, which is a burden and which will deny Africa money to invest and deal with the problems while other countries actually have where they get money from.
2: I, I couldn't agree more. And in South Africa, I'm just hoping that our president will let private investors run airlines, private investors provide electricity, because we're ready to do it. Let us do it. Don't do it yourselves. We'll run that better than they will, for sure. We have a question from Herman Warren at The Economist. He's actually asked two questions, but I'll ask the second one first, if I may, because it's related. And he asks them um, fiscally, how well positioned is Rwanda to absorb the impact of C-19 and recover? Is Rwanda fiscally in good shape?
0: Our economy before uh, COVID-19 was really doing well. And I think we, we we will continue to do well after this. But now, but fiscally we are, I think we are ready. We are in a good place to move ahead. And and for us already, we, we, we are finding some resources with our partners. Uh, which we are going to deploy to give us that capacity and that space that is required. Uh, We have already received funding from the IMF. The other day, we got $109 US million. We are getting different funds. And on the basis of what our level can provide us with, but also... The money we can be able, uh, if they are not grants, we should be able to pay back because we are going to invest this money uh, very well. So our internal resources plus the external resources we are getting, I don't see us uh, failing to uh, find the way forward uh, and in a a decent way that will allow our economy to keep growing.
2: And you've got great human capital. The second question, which was the first from Herman Warren, is Could you tell us a little bit about the AU, African Union Initiative, to raise funds, uh, support in general for the region to combat uh, coronavirus? The AU Initiative. Yes,
0: the EU Initiative uh, has been twofold. Um, it started with uh, Africa itself, with the uh, uh, some leaders that have been chosen to spearhead this effort uh, to, to find uh, resources for Africa to come out of this situation, and uh, they they formulated, they have understood, they have identified the needs Africa uh, will face uh, going forward, and it started with the G20, the, the G20 meeting in uh, Riyadh, discuss this. There was This issue was raised. After that, a uh, few African uh, leaders, I happened to be fortunate to be one of them. Uh, we had a virtual meeting to discuss this as well. Uh, so we are trying to rally Africa to come together. There are individual capacities of the countries, but together through the African Union and our chairman, uh, President of South Africa, President Ramaphosa, uh, we have come together, we have identified the needs, we have identified also the processes we can use to obtain those means that can uh, help us go through this situation and i think the progress is is is, is beginning to uh, be seen uh, but each country has been trying to manage the coronavirus uh, the best way they can and then together we are looking at so in the future the health systems how should they be reinforced or built in countries then together how do we work uh, to make sure that um, we come out well, whether it is uh, revitalizing businesses cross border and so on, but this is something that we are planning for and thinking about uh, after uh, we have uh, reached a point where we think that uh, coronavirus is being reined in, so I think uh, Africa is coming together, and that is the best way that we can address the problem We've got
2: two questions to come. the one is from uh a great friend of mine, Sanjeev Gupta, who's the executive director at the AFC, African Finance Corporation. Hey, Sanjeev, nice to see you. From me. And he's asking about manufacturing and decentralisation. And I think the questions about, you know, America, and Japan, and other Western industrial countries are going to be very nervous going forward about relying on China to supply anything as a sole supplier. Um, but maybe that's a you know that move to be a bit more self-sufficient will benefit a country like Rwanda as people will be will trust you and will decentralize but also want you know other manufacturers and, and producers.
0: Yes, right. That, that's um, how you know this investments we are seeking uh, to achieve. Um, is on that background. The background that yes, everyone now seeks to sort of have some uh, in-house capacities to 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 derive on what they may be requiring in the future. Thinking about this particular situation, so manufacturing manufacturing, I'm sure is something that everybody is looking at. So it's, it's going to be well in Rwanda. We were already uh seeing the growth in the area of manufacturing, but um this is going to even boost uh manufacturing capacity to go beyond what it is on our own scale uh but and that point that you've just mentioned is real uh seeing the needs and how it has been difficult to get some of them in dealing with this pandemic. Everyone now is thinking of saying, well, next time I shouldn't be relying on somebody else to have this or that. Um, well, it it will, in the end, uh, level itself out to it, resort it itself. Um, people will do what they can do and what makes sense, but also what... Can find the market for for what you are manufacturing. You just don't want to manufacture things even when there is no demand for what you are manufacturing out there. But that is the story I'm saying will will more or less level itself out, and uh, people will find they can produce what they need, but also they just don't produce what they need. You produce also for the market beyond what yeah. you need. Yes.
2: So the other question is from Zemadena Negatu, who's another great friend. Zem Negatu, the chair, chairman of Fairfax Global. And just quickly, I was on a bus about seven years ago, half an hour trip from Libreville to an event. And two hours later, we were still on the bus in traffic. And this guy next to me, he and I chatted the whole way, the whole two hours, and uh, has become a, a fantastic friend of mine on my advisory board. His question is, do you believe this crisis is going to force a rethinking of the role of governments around the world will people want less government or more government um and and will they want a different way in which their economies are managed do you think this is a a change in in government coming
0: types of government well i i think um there is always going to be a role of government. There is a role of businesses, the private sector. There is a role for everybody, philanthropists, scientists, and so on and so forth. I think what matters is having the right amount of government in in, in whatever you are having to deal with. (laughs) There is the right amount. You can't say there is no government's role. I think there will be government's role. And in fact, in dealing with this pandemic, the lessons we learn, there is a a big role, for example, for scientists. We've got to to, to learn from science and it provides a lot of things for us to, to be able to do better. There is a role for companies. Companies will do what they need to do. There is going to be role for government because government at the end of the day, for example, the lockdown that uh, uh, was necessary to deal with this pandemic was uh, brought about by action of government. Government decides on the basis of the data that is out there. And Learning from what the scientists are They say, oh, let's lock down. Scientists themselves cannot lock down society countries and say <laughs> stay home. So they have got to go through government. So government will have to respect this advice from whether it is from business or from scientists or from this. So I think w- w- there are many lessons from this, as I said. Uh, some of them are. Different roles of different entities, whether it's government, private sector, philanthropy, you know, individuals, and, and so. on. But we we are also uh, learning in the area of cooperation across the world. How, how how do how do countries how do how how is the politics run generally, you know? This is why I started by saying COVID nineteen has become an equalizer. I think everybody has come to their senses. You know, we have lived a life where some people are so well off or they think they are and they don't care what happens uh, to somebody else or anywhere else. But this virus has brought everybody to say, well. I think I'm better off if the other one is better off as well. And maybe <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account uh, or, or how much powerful you are as a, a leader of powerful countries or economies. The, the coronavirus has uh, knocked at the door and said, Well, come down to us, put your feet on the ground. and." Maybe listen, listen to your people, listen to your colleagues, listen, you know, rich countries, listen to poor countries. Poor countries have to do better and listen uh, to advice given them. And so it's it's a uh, it's a very interesting thing. But the government has its own role, but we shouldn't give it too much role. We should give it the role they deserve to have.
2: <laughs> it's funny you say that because. Uh, <coughs> When I was at Harvard Business School in the 80s, Jack Welch came to speak, and everyone was packed into this auditorium, and he was talking about unions, and he said, when you're running a business, you're going to get the union you deserve. (laughs) And maybe we get the governments we deserve as well. Um, In terms of resetting the economy, it was an expression used by Johan Rupert a few days ago. He's quite an extraordinary man, generous, and has been a real national treasure to South Africa. Um he said it's a reset of everything. Reset yes. of the economy, reset of governance. It'd be quite interesting to see what happens. But the last formal question, because I know you've got real work to do, is mm-hmm. from Nick, who's the CEO of Zaka, Z-A-K-A, which builds digital trust solutions. And he says he's in the early days of setting up a Rwanda operation for Zaka, and he's he's using CMU Africa postgrads. And getting a lot of support from the RDB, the Rwanda Development Board, and relevant ministries, and people do get enormous support from your team. But his question relates to financing, funding. You know, it's always difficult
0: for early stage companies. He's doing what? I missed the the. the he's doing Sorry, what? It's a di- digital. It's in the digital business.
1: Yes. Digital
2: solutions. I okay. think I know it. I'll look it up yes. afterwards.
1: Um,
2: okay. But yeah, he says he's getting a lot of support from your government. Right. But the issue is funding, You know how to raise money in Africa, in startup companies, anywhere
0: in the world. Do you have any new, mad, fresh ideas for, yeah, on yeah. funding? I think uh, even within Rwanda, I'm sure he can find uh, funding for his business because we have uh, taken care of that. We, we, we've taken care of... Uh, the funding for startups, for different businesses. That's why we have um, created Kigari Innovation City. It brings ideas, brings uh, the form of uh, capital to invest available, uh, and uh, uh, therefore, I, I don't. I think our people who, are, who have already helped him might help him identify where. To get funding for his businesses, that is actually RDB Rwanda Development Board helps people to actually identify this kind of source of funding. Uh, Mr. President, now I get to I get to ask you a question. But is there anything
2: you want to ask me?
0: Well, uh, I think I spare you for for, for now. Uh, you can ask me instead.
2: Okay. Um, the question I'm going to ask you is, if, you know, you, you almost became a president because you had to. You had to step up and, and do things and save people and save your country. Right. But if you, Inter- if you, didn't, yes. if you didn't have to do that, yes. what would you love to have done as a career or as a life interest?
0: Well, I I have said this before when I was still a young man and uh, doing different things before I got involved in this mess that I'm in. I I just wanted to become uh, an engineer. I was absorbed in... the thinking of you know getting involved with the, with the engineering aspects of different things, making things, and so on. that was my. But I don't waste so much time, looking back and say I missed this because, it would just uh, be a distraction. I, I think about now that I'm president. What do I have to do? Every day I have well, to you. make decisions of what. <laughs> well, Mr. President. You, yes. you really
2: are. You're a shining star in Africa. You really are an extraordinary man. I'm honored, honored to have been on this show with you. And on behalf of Invest Africa and everyone listening, please keep up the good work. You're an extraordinary yes. man. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for your kind words and for this moment, which you all, I think, benefited from. Thank you. See you soon, and thanks again.
2: Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.